What's up, everybody? This is Carmine Davis, and you are listening and watching The Carmine Davis Show. What the fuck is up, bitch? Chilling, chilling, chilling. We got a lot to get into. Um, the show is a little pushback behind, as usual. Seems like that's the common thing ever since we switched or added the visual part of the show. <laughs> and I, I know... I, I know a lot of people think, you know, why don't you just rip the audio from the show? But I think one thing I loved about the show is that it, audio-wise, it was great quality and great production. And I think ripping it makes it, I don't know, not either here nor there. But yesterday I was feeling really, really ill. I've been feeling sick for the last couple of days, but I feel a lot better. And I like Friday better than Thursday. I think Thursday was really, really cool when I was just doing, like, a visual show. I might just push Thursday and Friday. Maybe give you the visual audio Thursday and then push the visual Friday. Let me know what y'all think. Comment below. Um, Tweet me. Let me know if you would be mad at a visual Friday and an audio Thursday kind of thing. I even thought about doing two different shows, you know, just to keep things spicy, have the interests different. I don't know. But welcome back. If you are a new listener or a new watcher, which a lot of people are, um, which is I did my research and people who are listening to the show are not really watching the show. But a lot of people who are watching the show are going to pick it up and listen to it. Audio wise. So a lot of the we're, we're gaining new listeners on the YouTube channel. So hola mommy, you know, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe, hit that bell button, uh, follow, subscribe, rate, review this podcast. I don't do it for my health. Um, and I wanted to, to start um, off by saying um, I wanted to touch on the Uvalde, um, Texas school shootings. I'm kind of meditating and and trying to pray for the words that I want to say. The show is always like not scripted. So the things that I say just come from the top of my head and I want to choose the words carefully. What happened is tragic. I, Children and animals are the most precious things to me. Um, I don't understand how anyone could want to hurt either one of them. Um, And I also don't understand how gun reform is still a question. And I also don't understand how we have not defunded the police. Um... uh, because it's starting to feel as though they're not as helpful as they should be. They're not protecting us as they should be. And as I get more news and information about what's happening and how long it took them to activate, like how long to to take action. And even in my own personal life, I'm, I'm I'm in Alpharetta. 911 is a, still a kind of a joke in the town. Like, it just, 
It's tragic. And I'm tired of I'm tired of the violence. You know, I'm tired of the I'm tired of the the anger, the ill-spiritedness, the all of the hatred that this world is spinning and how love it seems to try to suffocate any ounce of love in this world. Um, people, they're angry. It, it's so much madness in the world. And I'm someone who likes to focus on the positivity and I like to focus on levity and, and, and keeping things going, but I've just been so downtrodden and so filled with so much trepidation for what has happened to our nation. And I want to extend a moment of silence to those victims and those families um, of the Uvalde, um, Texas school shooting. And if you pray, pray. I'm tired of this being the norm, like mass shootings. I'm I don't understand how there's even a discussion of this being a normal thing like we just it's not I feel like that's what's helped make me so sick these last couple of days because I and so I'm so wound up and so tired of the lack of compassion and the lack of care in the world um let's move on um I'm going to try to bring a sense of levity to your day as much as possible, considering how heavy things are. I know you guys um, don't really come here, you know, to get sad. <laughs> Not really right off the bat, unless I'm reading the fuck out of you, you know, like sometimes I'm reading someone and it hits close to home and I get you sometimes you got to close out, you know, and I'm cool with that. Hey, like... I'm like that honest best friend. I am your honest best friend who's going to tell it like it is. Sometimes, bitch, you got to, we got to ghost each other for a little while so you can register what I told you or what we talked about. But as long as you know that it's coming from a place of love and honesty and truthfulness, that's cool with me. (laughs) Um, But 
I also am that friend that wants to make you guys laugh and and have you enjoy your day. So let's get into this hot topic. The first one, um, of course, is from lovebscott.com. Uh, shout out to lovebscott.com. Todd Chris Lee's ex-business partner says, we had gay affair paid off blackmailer. Todd Chrisley's former business partner testified in his federal fraud trial Tuesday that they paid a blackmailer $38,000 in cash after the anonymous person threatened to expose their intimate relationship. Mark Bradrock or Braddock testified in Chrisley's ongoing federal fraud trial in Atlanta Tuesday that he had Todd he and Todd, 53, were intimate for about a year in the early 2000s, Business Insider reported. Um, after the alleged affair ended, Braddock said the two men continued a relationship, a friendship, until 2012 that he likened to a brotherhood. During that time, Braddock worked for Todd's foreclosure management company, Chrisley's Asset Management, and he testified that the they began to receive anonymous texts threatening, threatening to expose them for fraud and their alleged dalliances. Um, Braddock testified that one text read, pay cash and we'll shut up, according to the report. He claimed he then withdrew four payments of $9,500, totaling $38,000 from the bank account, and gave it to Todd to pay off the blackmailer. Chrisley's attorney, Bruce Morris, alleged in the opening statement that Braddock was obsessed with Todd and wanted him to be him, a sentiment that was retired, a rhetoric, Reiterated, I'm sorry, a sentiment that was reiterated during his cross-examination per Business Insider. Reiterated during his cross-examination per the Business Insider. Chris's attorney, Bruce Morris, alleged in his opening statement that Brodick was obsessed with Todd and wanted to be him, a sentiment that was reiterated during his cross-examination per Business Insider. Um, Morris and reps for Todd did not immediately return page six's request for comment. Todd has been married to Julie, 49, since 1996, and they shared three children together, Chase, 25, Savannah, 24, and Grayson, 16. Todd also has two kids with ex-wife Teresa, Terry, Lindsay, 32, and Kyle, 30. The family has appeared on the popular reality show Chris Lee's Knows Best since 2014. Since Todd has been thrust into the spotlight, there has been a lot of speculation about his sexual orientation. However, the real estate entrepreneur previously brushed off those rumors that he is gay and once even called them flattering. In order for it to disappoint me, it would mean that I don't agree with someone being gay, he said on the Dominic Nady show, the Dominic Nady show in 2017. I don't believe that's a choice that you make. I believe that you are the way that God has made you. Todd added that he has was flattered that people think I can get laid on both ends and joke. My wife certainly is flattered that as many men want her husband as there are women. With that being said, I'm never going to have a drought. Todd and Julie are being sued on charges including bank fraud and tax evasion. According to the indictment, prosecutors allege that reality TV couples submitted fake documents to banks when applying for loans and that Julie also submitted false credit reports and bank statements when trying to rent a house in California. Woo! Okay, I didn't even know this. But I did know that he was gay, allegedly. 
I guess I have to say allegedly. Right, yeah. Um, Todd Chrisley is gay, allegedly. Um, I, I, I'm not shocked by this news. I think that it's shocking that Todd Chrisley is um, a very mature man and still hasn't come to terms with this. Um, and I think it's also strange how... This goes on to something that we discussed in previous seasons a lot. I talked about this a lot more on the first season, basically about um, gay men, I mean, you know, marrying, going on and having multiple relationships with women, um, marrying them, having kids with them, um, even living full-on lives, decades, having all these vacations and a lot huge public um, displays of affection and and family moments and they are on grinder they are having relationships sometimes full-on relationships with men in the tri-state area <laughs> like you know what I mean like you could literally a lot of these powerful men will leave their homes and go and rendezvous with their boyfriend 10 miles away in an apartment that they're paying for. Um, And I think that it's sad that that is still the... Two things. I think that it's sad that that is the way things are still. I think that it's really, really sad that men still think that it's okay to live these double lives. I think that it's sad that men um, never get out of this whole shame uh, of being homosexual or being bisexual or trisexual or fluid, like we'll get into in the next hot topic, but um, I'm going to stay here. Um, I think that it's a shame that also, that society literally will not allow a man to just be themselves sexually without there being a conversation about it. Um, I think that as a whole, we have to understand that niggas is gay. You know, niggas be gay. Um, niggas gonna be gay. We, it's still such a, such a huge, I mean, scandal. Like, all the time, every time a nigga just comes out. Like, to me, that is so strange to me. Because I, when I found out personally that I was gay, um, I didn't care who knew. I didn't really think of it. I didn't, I, it's not something that, I don't really care if what people think about it. And I think that that's why it's not as scandalous and why I don't really have as many issues to me from what I, I know that I have. There is homophobia. I know that there are people who may not, who treat me a certain way because of my sexual orientation, right? Or think a certain way about me. I, I deal with that a lot. Um, 
like earlier today, I was like, these niggas think I'm pussy. You know what I mean? Because, you know, my lashes on right now, or you know what I mean? Like, but in reality, I'd rather people think whatever the fuck they want than for me to live a lie. I get what I want because I walk in my truth. And I feel like also if a nigga can literally scam all their fucking lives, you know, and and can fool the government, why do you think that they couldn't fool you into this? I think it was actually more shocking that he scammed and got all this money tax evasion and all these things and him being gay. I mean, come on now, like, allegedly. But I definitely feel as though it's a shame. It's a shame that y'all just won't let niggas just be and be gay and um, be themselves. Um, I also think that it's a damn shame that Y'all think that white people don't do this sh- scam and shit every single day. Like, you know, like, I think it's crazy how he could literally send false information to people and not be flagged immediately. Like, I literally couldn't buy an iPad without me going through weeks of proof and documents that I paid cash for my fucking iPad and people treated me like I was a fucking criminal. So, how the fuck does do you come in and send false documents for years and get these businesses and all these loans and all these things and people just don't check you or don't push it or skim over it a little bit like Google? Like, I think that shit is crazy. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, that sounds like a little like privilege to me. I think people, I don't know. I I love shit like this because it reiterates what I'm, what this show is all about. Um, <laughs> white people um, are some of the foulest people in the world, and then niggas is gay, and that's basically the main pillars of the show. Oh, and. Of course, making sure that I'm reference Nicki Minaj, Mariah Carey, and Britney Spears every chance I get. So that's basically what the show is about. But <laughs> I, I think that we need to be real. You know what I mean? Like, we have to be real about the situation. Like, not all white people are discussing. You know, I have some really, really close white people who I think of the world of, you know, and I know they probably... Get great, it grates them every time I say some shit like that. But as a whole, as a majority, y'all are nasty. I just happen to fuck with you, and I know that you are not the sort, but your family is. <laughs> your ancestors are. And that it's not shocking that Todd is a scammer because y'all scam all the live long day. Y'all steal, y'all cheat, y'all um, ruin. Uh, countries y'all ruin uh, people's lives day to day Um, a bitch in target you know y'all can assault and get away with it you know what I'm saying y'all shooting up schools y'all are refusing gun reform Um, y'all are 
shooting up schools, publics, like, it's a problem. And I think that if Todd doesn't get checked, it's proof that y'all are a problem that is privileged and will always go unchecked. Therefore, but that's probably the, where's my, girl, I swear I have my, oh, here it is. That's probably just the um, NyQuil or DayQuil talking. Charge it to um, my DayQuil. <laughs> um, I know y'all are disgusting. Okay, so what do you guys think about um, Todd, um, what have I've been calling him Ted? Todd, Chris Lee, he's um, the revel- the revelation. I don't even care. Like the revelation that someone saying that they were gay lovers. White men tend to either cheat or like when they do, like especially white powerful men, they tend to like to fuck around either really dominant black men, like very strong built black men, um, or they like real scrawny like flam femme twinks you know what i'm saying or like they usually sleep with their business partners um it's always a business partner always it's always a business partner probably someone who was just as closeted as they are you know what i mean and they have you ever had sex with a white man Oh, my God. Like, having sex with a white man, I don't know how white women do it. I don't know how anyone does it. Um, I think my sexual experience with white men um, is... sort of like... I can only think of it like... I'm going to get a physical. You know what I'm saying? Like... Things get touched that probably should not be getting touched. Um, you know, awkwardness. Um, you have to explain why you don't like doing this as often as you should be. You they think you should be doing this. Um, they're ten, especially with white men. They tend to be more white gay men are ghastly like they are it's like having sex with like ogres sometimes or like they're they they tend to like want to be fisted and it's like it's never enough your fist is never big enough you know like your dick is never big enough nothing in your house is big enough to fit in their hole and they tend to scream and say crazy things. They have weird fantasies. They want you to shit on them. They want you to piss on them. Um, they tend to sometimes smell. Um, not all. You know, some of them smell pretty good. There's a few white boys around here who smell like niggas. You know what I mean? Like, and we, we love that for y'all, I guess. Um, they tend to sweat, maybe because most of the time they're on tea or molly or, or some kind of drug. Um, and they tend to 
like make you immediately regret it afterwards. That's been my experience with sleeping with white men. Um, I don't like to. It's not. A, it's not something that I like to do often. Um, I've got to be extremely lonely or drunk, and like I'm like, all right, well, you know, let's see what the fuck is up. Like, let's get wild, and like you have to. Like, I don't think I would ever be like. Oh my god! Like it's not. It's never enjoyable for me as it is for them. But one thing I will say about white men is that they like to please. Now they're anxious to please. Older white men tend to be very thirsty, and they tend to be very like scary, thirsty. Like anybody with a grinder knows what I'm talking about. Like they, like I, this dude wanted me to have sex with him outside of Publix once, and and I'm like, why, why can't you come here? And he's like, he's like, I just love the thrill of being in a Publix parking lot. Like I swear, like it's, and I'm like, I shop at this Publix. Like I don't want to fuck you. Like, it's always some weird fetish that they're experimenting with you. And it's so sad because it goes back, I wish that if if white men were able to be, if, if being gay wasn't so scandalous, which is crazy, it's 2022, like, why is it so scandalous to be gay when everybody's gay? And so if it wasn't such a taboo thing I think people would not be so disgusting I think we would I think people would have more healthy sexual encounters with white men <laughs> if they didn't feel like you know what I mean like it, it was like it feels as if oh my god I've got to have this before my wife gets home I, she, I, I've got like fucking 40 minutes before she gets home and I need to suck your big cock you know like whoa like hey I thought you were taking me to dinner and giving me $500 Paul like what's happening well that's neither here nor there um make sure you just That's a real experience that happened to me. (laughs) Oh, I got the trauma. Like, y'all have no idea. The pandemic was not okay for me. But (laughs) we're moving on. Make sure you, if you're just listening to this show, make sure you follow, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Um, I don't do it for my health. Um... Make sure you give this show five stars because I'm I'm a five star bitch. <laughs> Even though I, I allow these disgusting white men to treat me like I'm fucking ugh, some uh, like I'm just some BBC or like Dom Black. Oh my god, like trauma. It's okay. It's okay. 
we've all made mistakes. We've all done things a little strange for a piece of change. And um, I'm not the only one. Actually, Isaiah Rashad is in that boat, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. But let me tell you the, the new tea, if you haven't heard about him. According from, this is from lovebyscott.com. Isaiah Rashad addresses his sex tape leak, calling himself sexually fluid with Joe Budden. Um, in February... A video of rapper Isaiah Rashad engaging in sexual acts with two men leaked on the internet. The top dog entertainer Signee was immediately flooded with jokes and homophobic re- rhetoric about his alleged sexual preferences. Um, we talked about that when it when it aired on last season on the Carmine Davis show, and I told y'all what I thought. I'm going to reiterate it here in a few minutes after this drop, and I'm going to tell you my... I have not heard this story 100% all the way through. You're going to get my, as usual, my live, my first initial reaction and my initial thoughts to this story and this rollout and this video. So, um, while hip-hop has seen um, the emergence of more and more queer-identifying artists, most of them were able to come out to fans on their own terms. Unfortunately for the TDE rapper Isaiah Rashad, that choice was taken out of his hands when hackers leaked a sex tape featuring Isaiah and another man on the internet. It's a testament to how far the culture has come that fans supported him with encouraging messages. Instead of vilifying him, but aside from Thanking his supporters during his Coachella set, Isaiah had yet to address the leak. Um, That changed with the release of the latest episode of the Joe Budden podcast, in which Joe directly asks Isaiah about his sexual orientation. I'd say I am sexually fluid. He replies, I'm still learning about it myself. I'm putting my head in the books to find out the basics of it. He elaborates that he's attracted more to personalities and intellect um, but he is in a supportive monogamous relationship, something Joe Biden has trouble wrapping his head around. Isaiah says that he only recently began to discover this about himself. However, he expresses relief that he doesn't have to explain the Internet stuff to his kids. My kids are six and eight. He says we do Roblox. Um, you can check out um, Joe Budden's Patreon Patreon if you want to watch the full interview. I'm going to put some clips now. Um, all right. So, like I said about Isaiah Rashad, I definitely feel like Isaiah Rashad is capping. I think Isaiah, the thing about you just don't wake up and decide that you want to be gay. That's just not what happens. Um, It doesn't work that way. I think I can speak for um, any gay person. You know, you just don't wake up and was like, I want to fuck a nigga today. And you, oh, you, you find yourself in a nigga's butt, you know, or you like, that's just not how it goes. Um, most of it starts from childhood even when you don't realize that you like you don't you know that there's something there that's where all the shame comes into to play the risky um sex acts that's when all of that comes comes into play because it's it's discreet it's it's a a secret it's um dark so i think this is 
this is how I truly feel. This is what I feel happened with the Isaiah Rashad situation. I'm always 100% with y'all. I tell it like it is. It's whatever. I'm going to keep it 1,000% with y'all, okay? I think Isaiah Rashad was prostituting himself. He was sleeping with these men for money. And I've said that on the show before. Um, I think that these, because one, if you've seen the video, these men, what? Isaiah Rashad didn't just find himself these around these men, okay? Um, th- they do not look like anybody who works at TDE. Like, you know, they don't look like anybody that Isaiah Rashad would find himself around, like maybe an app or something like that. But the situation gave me, this is not one, this is not the first time, this is not his first round, like his first round in the the sack with a nigga before ever. Um, And it gave me prostitution vibes. There's a lot of people who are signed who are not financially doing as good as you would think they are doing, and they do a lot of things, a little, a lot of strange things for a piece of change. And I think Isaiah met these niggas on his app, you know, on an app, told them what was up. You want this BBC? You know, it's gonna cost you five hundred dollars on a public parking lot, and maybe I'm maybe I'm projecting. <laughs> I don't prostitute myself. I'm kidding. But I did have a sugar daddy at one point. (laughs) And I never slept with him. He wanted me to sleep with him in the the public parking lot. And I did not. And I took that $500 and I went home. And his name was not Paul. I'm not going to say his name. He was a real estate agent. (laughs) That's neither here nor there. But I... I'm either projecting or a hoe know another hoe, and they know hoe dealings, and that gave me hoe vibes. Now, if you've ever been in a situation like that, right, or if you've ever found yourself in a pay-to-play kind of situation of any sort, any sort, you know what it looks like. Isaiah Rashad... This video wasn't... And then I think what happened with the leak situation was either two things. This was someone went through his phone and leaked this information, saw the video, probably bribed him, was like, hey, what's up? Because, you know, if you if you don't, I got this video. If you don't give me... I need... Run me 50... 50 I need... I need 50 bands. Or this is going out. Or the people, these dudes who he had been making pay-to-play were like, oh, someone saw our videos and they know you. Who are, you know, blah, blah, I need, you're a rapper, I need this to go away. Or fuck me, you know, again, you know, blah, 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 or I'm going to expose you. So, and I think that that is sad um, either way, I think it is very sad. I do get. I'm okay. I'm gonna tell you what I, I what I really think. Okay, so <laughs> I get that it's sad, and I think that it's it's horrible that people get outed, right? 
I hate that that happened to him, but I hate that he had to be outed. I, I hate that he just did not... Even to this day, I, my spirit tells me that he's still dishonest, and I hate that for him. Um, people try... It is... People try to make it seem like being gay is a, is a bad thing, and I have an issue with that. I know that everybody does not have it in them to be honest with themselves about anything, but that doesn't mean that we should protect them in their lies all the time, um, especially if you... I don't like the fact that he's trying to be dishonest and saying he's sexually fluid. A lot of people are using that term and having no idea what the term actually means. Um, sexually fluid is a easy term that people in entertainment are using to make themselves seem more interesting, mysterious, and never be able to answer the question. Um, I... I believe in bisexuality. I believe in... You could be bisexual and not gay. I do understand that um, thanks to conversations on this show that I've had with uh, past guests. Um, I've had personal conversations with people that I know. I have had multiple partners who consider themselves sexually fluid, but they were bisexual or they were... 98% of them were just gay. And they were not honest about it. And that's where I get frustrated with. I get frustrated with you. I get frustrated with them with. Because we have not created a culture where we can accept people and their truth. Especially when it comes to something. We can sit around and have people tell us. We can have and forgive people for beating the shit out of women. Joe Budden. Right, like we can and give him a platform and forgive him, and not ask him to to really make sense of the situation at all. But when a nigga just wants to get a little head from another nigga, it is a problem. And I don't under if you've ever got your head from a nigga, it's not a problem. (laughs) And it's not that fucking big of a deal. It does not change anything. It does not make you anything different other than you just got your head slobbed on by a nigga. Like, that is it. Nothing changes. Here's a little secret spoiler alert. Nothing changes when you let a dude slide in your butt. You just, it hurts a little bit, and maybe you feel certain feelings that you probably never thought you would ever be able to feel a day in your life. Um, Great mostly great you know like and then there it doesn't make it doesn't automatically when it's done you don't get unless you're me you you don't get a lump sum dropped into your account no I'm just kidding (laughs) no but it doesn't change who you are it does it it doesn't change anything about who you are being a abuser does being a murderer does um it doesn't change your values or your value as a person if you wanna if you're a lady and you want to eat a little cat that doesn't make you any less of a hard worker it doesn't make you any less of a value to society it means that you want to get you want to bump donuts with a woman that's all it means and I'm tired of everyone acting like this is the big grand pooba of judgment and I think we 
we don't realize that we are allowing that to happen for each other because we don't talk about it honestly. We judge people's sexuality. And then when they come out, we move on. Like, we... (laughs) They gay, they, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then because we realized that nothing changed about them. They probably are a lot more happy. They're happier because they're honest about it. But in reality, that had nothing to do with any of us. Isaiah fucking niggas for money on Grindr allegedly does not do anything for me except that I get to talk about it. And it's something that's happening every single day. There, I think another thing, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get canceled from the show for spilling as many gay secrets as I can before someone assassinates me, you know, <laughs> or they pull my whole YouTube channel down. But I'm going to be honest, you can get right now on any app, Tinder, anything like that, there are athletes, there are actors, there are rappers, there are people out here who are selling themselves, making decent money off of fucking and sucking out here in Georgia, out here in, over there in Texas, over there in LA, out there in New York. This is a reality. This is a, there's a whole underbelly in the industry of Niggas prostituting themselves, women prostituting themselves, well-known people or decently known, relatively known people making money off of these businessmen that they meet out in these 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 events. Because TDE ain't paying this motherfucker. I doubt they're paying SZA. You think they're playing Isaiah Rashad? And another thing I had a problem with is that y'all tried to make it seem like y'all were the biggest Isaiah Rashad fans and y'all were so sympathetic towards him about the situation. But in reality, it's because Isaiah Rashad is attractive. Now, if this, I've seen y'all multiple times treat people horribly. What was that one football player that came out? And because he was dating white, a white man, there was a problem. We, didn't ha- we weren't sympathetic towards him or anything like that, and that he wasn't that attractive. So people made jokes. Gays made jokes. Like, Twitter was on fire making jokes about him. Isaiah Rashad, because he was decently attractive, everybody was like, oh, that's horrible. That's fucked up what they did to him. Probably inboxing him right now. Like, y'all have got to stop that. But at the same breath, (laughs) in the same breath, we should also hold him accountable because he lied. And he definitely lied on Joe Budden. Like, he lied. He lied. He lied. I'm seeing two liars. (laughs) He lied. Sexually fluid... That's not what I, that's not what that means. You don't know nothing about the motherfucker's intelligence. You could tell those these, and then you are in a relationship. You were having a threesome in one of those videos. So explain it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you weren't fucking their intellect. Y'all weren't at a library, bitch. Y'all were in some hotel and like. Come. On. Let me, do y'all, do y'all feel me? Like, tweet me. That's the new Twitter poem. Do you, what is a Twitter poem? What do I want to say? Um, 
do you think the ongoing trend of sexual f- being sexually fluid um, is do you think people are confusing sexual fluidness with bisexuality that's it tap in with me like I'm curious like because I definitely think that he's missing the mark here I think I and I did not watch the whole interview um I don't I don't want to <laughs> because this whole situation and how long it took you to respond finally speak about it and I know people do what they got to do in time but when you ain't shamed of nothing and when you if you were just sexually fluid should you could have said that you could have tweeted that you know sexually fluid is giving me the new um the new buzzword in Hollywood you know, stop playing and stop spinning on people's heads. Like, I'm sorry. Come on now. Like, let's let's be real. Like, let's be real. Can we be real? Like, can we be real about something else? You are literally listening to this show and watching this show, and you have not subscribed. It's strange. It's really, 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 really weird. I like I only have like a couple, a hundred followers on YouTube right now, and thousands of views. Like, and you're tuning in. Some of you guys are returning. There are new list watchers. I mean, watchers every week, and you're not hitting that subscribe button. That's weird. Hit that motherfucking button. Uh, follow me um, this podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever podcasts are streamed. We're also now on Good Pods. Shout out to Good Pods. Um, we we made the noteworthy uh, uh, section on Good Pods. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, make sure that you guys tap into that. Amazon as well. We were one of the first podcasts on Amazon uh, Music. So you can listen to me everywhere. But tap in. Don't be weird. Don't be a little stalker. Keep it real. Like, let's make it happen. Let's make it official. We ain't getting no younger, babe. Baby, right or die. Okay, so speaking of more capping, right? You knew I wasn't going to leave without talking about this Justin Timberlake mess. Let's just slide. Let's get into it. I'm not feeling good. I want to just go ahead and give this show to y'all. Um, from lovebeescott.com, Justin Timberlake sells his entire song catalog to hypnosis. Um, Justin Timberlake is an indelible part of pop music history, whether looking at his days as part of the boy band NSYNC or his subsequent solo artist career. Songs such as Cry Me a River, Rock Your Body, Sexy Back, and Student Tie are just a few of the 41-year-old's many hits that have soundtracked to people's lives as well as dominated the radio on charts, selling over 150 million records um, via the New York Post. Justin Timberlake became the latest artist to cat cash out on his song catalog 
um, selling the rights to such hits as Sexy Back and Cry Me a River to a London-based music investment company backed by private equity firm Blackstone. The terms of the deal with Hypnosis song management were not disclosed, but the Wall Street Journal reported Thursday it was valued at just above $100 million and does not cover future releases. Timberlake 41 turns over full ownership and control in some 200 songs he wrote or co-wrote spanning his career as a frontman for boy band and sing as a solo artist and for a movie soundtracks. His stable of hits includes Bye 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 and Girlfriend from his NSYNC days, Cry Me a River, Sexy Back, and Mirrors from his solo career, and Can't Stop the Feeling from 2016 animated film Trolls. I look forward to entering I look forward to entering this next chapter, the pop star said in a release. Tim- Timberlake's deal marks the continuation of a trend of a long string of established artists selling their songbooks to a big-pocketed investor or music labels. They're also fueled by streaming, which offers the possibility of more lucrative royalties as customers flock to services like Spotify and Apple Music. In recent months, Sting sold his song catalog to... Listen, y'all. I'm gonna, let me... This is the part I want y'all to... Listen, in recent months, Sting sold his catalog to Universal Music Group for $250 million, and David Bowie's estate sold his catalog for $250 million to Warner Chapel Music, uh, the publishing arm of Warner Music Group. Late last year, ZZ Top sold its music catalog to investment firm KKR and record company BMG for $50 million. Now... Listen to these numbers. Just weeks before Bruce Springsteen sold his iconic song and publishing catalog to Sony Music for a whopping $500 million. Meanwhile, last year, Bob Dylan sold his massive 600 song catalog to Universal Music Publishing Group for a reported $300 million to $400 million in December 2020. Hypnosis, which was founded in 2018 by former music manager Merc Mercurius, formed a partnership with private equity firm Blackstone in October to launch Hypnosis Song Capital. Blackstone has poured in an initial $1 billion into the fund, which announced this year that it was buying an 80% interest in Kenny Chesney's recorded music royalties as well as Leonard Cohen's share of his songwriting catalog from the late singer's estate. Um, the Timberlake deal is the vehicle third, the vehicle's third major deal and its biggest so far, the company said. Hypnosis has acquired 100% of all Justin Timberlake's copyright ownership and financial interest of the writer and publisher's share of public performance income and the catalog of musical compositions written by Justin Timberlake, according to the announcement. Um, I want y'all to tap in to that. Click the link in the description box to read all that. I want to do a little quick math for y'all. Right? Okay, so Justin Timberlake, I don't... They How much songs did they say that he had? He was giving up. They said like over 150, right? A million dollars a song. These 
these numbers, the math is not mathing here. And I think we all know that by now. But there's something more that's going on here that I find very interesting. I've studied music since I was a kid, music business, music industry. I know a lot about pub. Um, I don't know what it's like to be sitting on a stable of songs like Justin Timberlake's. Um, I don't know. I want to one day. Um, I hope to one day. I will one day. Uh, But I don't... I don't... I feel like this was an emotional decision. I don't think it was a business decision. I think it's interesting that he did not um, deal with Sony. He's been with Sony for the beginning of his career, since the beginning of his career. Is he still with Sony? Um, I think Justin Timberlake, is he still signed with Sony? RCA. He's been with Jive. He's Zomba is where he started. So, and he's got his own crack record label with Interscope right now, 10 Man Records. So, one or two things are happening. Like, I think Justin has had a hard, Justin had an amazing start of his career, um, but it's been a rude awakening for him. I think with all the information that's come out about Justin, his ways, his business um, etiquette, his ethics, um, the things that we've found out about him, um, the... uh, ways he's handled business, how he's gotten certain songs. If you don't know, Google um, is your friend. Uh, I don't want to get into it all right now, but I think with time, people have been woke about the situation and and, and even his relationship with Brittany, um, Janet, Prince, Michael Jackson, like... The latter part, the current part, the last, I want to say the last five, six years for Justin has not, have not been fun. Um, I think they have not been kind to Justin. I think Justin is thinking more about the future, and I think that he wants to get all of that behind him before it's left him. Like, I think he wants to cash in on the worth of his record and his music before it deteriorates with time. Um, before his legacy, probably. I, I think as as woke culture shows no signs of stopping, right? Um, every single day, people are getting exposed. Um, things are being dug up. People are looking at people completely different than they did before. Um, I think Justin knows that 100 million, even that, I, I, I think Justin is thinking that it's best to take the 100 million deal from an independent company um, and give them the, the rights. I'm sure at the time when those songs were high, hot, if he owns the publishing, that means he if he owned the publishing, that means he's gotten everything that he probably will ever honestly get from those songs unless he was going to plan on doing something crazy with it in the future, which I don't think Justin is. I don't think Justin is... 
really focused on his past musical endeavors, I think they have been kind of, um, at my point of view, I think they've been kind of, what is the word I want to use? What is the word I want to use? They've been kind of, Polluted. Um, I think the things that we used to like about Justin are the things that we would no longer tolerate anymore. Um, the culture vulture uh, um, way of, of of working, the cornrows, the um, black scent, the um, exploitation of Britney, the exploitation of Janet. Um, and those songs are tied into that. I don't think Justin, I think it, I think that amount, it, I still think that Justin could have definitely got 150, but I think Justin wants to take the easiest, the, the big crack cash out before he's holding on to these songs and later on he, they may not, I think maybe his stock in his mind is plummeting. I think about even, when I think about those lists of like the greatest albums of all time or the greatest artists of all time, lately they've been kind of omitting <clears throat> omitting him, which is strange. Like when Justin at one point was the it was Usher and Justin, you know what I mean? Like, and then with time, people, the industry, and everybody just kind of started to distance themselves from him. There's not a lot of tributes to Justin for a reason. Um, we don't see Justin do too much, especially post-Grammys, um, after that horrible Grammy performance. Like, we just have not received him as well as someone who has that kind of musical history um, with those kind of sales, which is crazy. Like, that'll... Not that I'm saying that that's not necessary, but it's just crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and he's had a hit recently, you know what I mean? But it's not the same. And everything that Justin used kind of to catapult his success are things that kind of turned around and came back to bite him on the ass. Brittany, Janet. Um, Black Scent, Cornrows, Michael Jackson, Prince, all these people, and Timbaland, like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to throw his name in there. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, these things tend to, these things kind of came back, and, you know, we don't hear Senorita anymore. Um, as a people, we still like Justin, as music. Like, I, if they play Senorita at a barbecue or something like that, I wouldn't turn it off or rock rock your body I wouldn't be upset but I don't hear it anymore so I think I still think that he could have got 150 million I'm sorry y'all this is so ratchet I'm like literally scratching my eyelids oh my makeup don't lift but I definitely think that Justin is thinking either really emotionally or he is he's noticed the change 
and he's being honest about the way he's being perceived. And I think he's thinking about the future. I don't think he makes any plans on a comeback. He's probably not going to come back uh, with that same thing. I'm sure he still has the right to use the songs that he wrote. So I'm, I'm sure he's not concerned as far as a touring situation is concerned. And I'm sure he's not broke. You know what I mean? I think that that's a very interesting number. And that's all I'm going to say. I don't really want to get into it any further than I did. What do y'all think about Justin's number? Do you think that that's like a significant amount for, I mean, like Sexy Back, Senorita? Shit, he, if it's for songs that he wrote, he could have got $50 million off of Rehab and Love and Sex and Magic alone. Shit, you know he wrote them. Like, come on. Like, shit. I don't know. I think that's the show. I'm going to leave it on that note. What a mess. Um, Make sure you guys tap in with me. Let me know what you think about Justin. Um, Comment below about this whole situation, this whole show. Um, I'm out. (laughs) I'm spent. This is a lot. Um, I love y'all, and I will see y'all next week. All right? Peace.